You are listening to the Freedom Fellowship audio podcast from Freedom Fellowship Church in Tontytown, Arkansas. Our mission is to love God, love others, and serve both. And now let's listen in to this week's sermon. So in Acts 3, as we, there's three key points that I'm going to go over. Number one, that's, that's credibility that the apostles needed. The second one is seizing the moment. As we get into the second part of this chapter, we'll see where Peter and John were ready. The moment happened. They seized the opportunity. They seized the moment because they were prompted by the Holy Spirit. They were led by the Holy Spirit, and they listened, and they seized that opportunity. And the third point is going to be repentance, and repentance for non-believers and repentance for believers. And uh, there's something I'll cover later on, but in the chapter of Acts alone, there's Ten, 10 plus verses that cover repentance. And 10's a lot. And then if you look through, when I was searching this, the book of Luke, I lost count of how many is that. So there's something to that. There's something to turning your life. All right, if you will look at verses 1 through 3, healing of a lame man. This is where we talk about credibility. Verse 1, and I'm reading from the NLT. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. So a couple of things that I found very interesting in verse 1, 3 o'clock in the afternoon is also known as the ninth hour. Um, there were some, some, some notes I was reading through and outline and some, some things that I found interesting were that before the prayer, so this is the prayer service, before that was the sacrificial time. This writer, not of the, of the Bible, but this outline, he suggested they possibly skipped that sacrificial time on purpose because they had just watched Jesus be the ultimate sacrifice. So there was the custom of the old way. They saw that. They skipped that part and showed up for the prayer service. The ninth hour is also when Jesus said, it is finished, when he was on the cross. And later on, when we get to Acts 10, verse, and we get to Acts 10 uh, there's a story about Cornelius, and he sees a vision, and it happened in the ninth hour. I find those things interesting, how things correlate and how they move on. I had to be careful not to go down a rabbit hole and start looking for more of that. But I think there's a reason in numbers and that Jesus does things, God does things for a reason on purpose. Verses 4 through 6, Peter and John looked at him intently. And Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. So let's look at verse 4. Peter and John looked at him intently. Have you ever had somebody when you're, when you're speaking and you're kind of maybe, you're sharing something and they're just, I mean, there's people around, but you're the only person in the room to them where they just look you intently in the eyes and they're intentional about how they're looking at you and how they're listening to you. Has anybody experienced that? I have. I have been. I'm terrible at it. I'm working on it. But I have a really good friend named Jason Jenkins um, who 
our, our families have known each other a very long time, but I've been able to spend time with him. They're from West Monroe, but live here, but I was with him recently. And I'm just amazed at, by his intentionality, that when you're sitting in a restaurant and he's, he's eye to eye with you and he's listening. And I've seen this happen in my dad, where dad sits and listens and asks for discernment. But for somebody to be intentional, I mean, he's, I mean, Peter and John are walking in this room and they stop and they look at this man and they're intentional about what they're doing. They look him eye to eye. Verse 5. The lame man looked at them eagerly expecting some money. This man wanted support. But what we're about to see is Jesus wanted to change his condition. You know, and I feel like this could have been a whole sermon on its own right here about things. But there's, there's a lot of us, we need Jesus for support. There's a lot of us, he wants to change our condition. He wants to change our circumstances. Doesn't, and this, I'm not, this is not a prosperity thing by any means. But some of us are running, sometimes, some of us are running to God, but we're still hanging on to things and we haven't dealt with some things yet. And he's wanting to change our heart and then support us. As we look at verse 6 now, and I just I love the confidence of Peter here. And as I've mentioned before in, in previous Sundays, the, the show The Chosen, I love how I'm a visual person, so seeing uh, how these people are and how Peter is, kind of a hothead, know-it-all, ready to fight at a, you know, in a moment. He's the kind of guy you really want on your team, but you're also like, would you shut up sometimes? You know, like he kind of gets you in trouble, but you want him on your side. But to see Peter in this confidence, of course, this confidence was by Jesus and prompted by the Holy Spirit. But as Tom mentioned right before Christmas, as I talked about right after Christmas, Peter had been through the darkness. He's got more darkness coming, as we'll read later on. But here's, here's a man who, who denied Christ, not just once, not just twice, three times. Like, in the moment where, if you from our viewpoint is when Jesus really needed him the most and here he is denying him so to have that confidence and we know what it's like to be beat down a lot of us are beat down and drugged down to where Satan plants those seeds in our heads saying hey yeah I know you're following God but you're, you're not you need to fix some things before you have confidence you need to fix some things before you approach him you need to fix and have your life kind of right before you preach before you teach before you share things Peter said no I don't have it all together but my confidence is from Jesus alone I wonder what was Peter's internal response to this he had confidence and I've experienced this where you're confident in something you speak it in I hate saying speak it into existence I don't never mind I won't get on that I just don't like that. But he says it, but I wonder within those five seconds, he went, oh, shoot, like, where'd that confidence come from? It kind of hit him all of a sudden. But again, where did his confidence come from? It came from Jesus. That's where our confidence comes from. That's where it should come from. Not from man, not from something we own, something we have, not from a person, but from Jesus alone. That's where our confidence comes from. Let's look at verse 7 through 9. And this is, you see this confidence kind of build. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. 
And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. Any Seinfeld fans in here? Is that okay to say? Yeah. Well, Tom said we're good now, okay? I just finished. It, it, I thought of <laughs> I wish I had the clip. There's the episode where Jerry's meeting with a guy trying to get a commercial, and I think the guy's on a cane or has some kind of limp or something, but Jerry's foot falls asleep. And he tries to get up, and he's dragging his foot along. I don't know why I thought of that, but I did. But to see, we, that's how I relate to, you know, my ankles work. My legs work. So I'm glad you're laughing. That makes me feel better about where I was. At least somebody did. So um, that's the only thing I can relate to. Is I, you know, I almost broke it once, but your foot falling asleep, and it's really hard to walk, and it's, you kind of get frustrated with yourself. But this guy was like 40 years old and had not been able to walk. Can you imagine what it's like to stand up and be, I mean, pulled up, but like kind of, oh, 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 snap. It's like guy hasn't, his feet haven't worked, his ankles haven't worked, and for it to be done like that. What did he ask for, though? He asked for money. He was expectant of that. He just needed support. Jesus said, no, I'm going to heal you. But we're going to get into why he heals him. He, verse 8, he jumped up and stood on his feet and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. Verse 11, they all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade, where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. See, a lot of times, at least in my world of teaching stuff, people only rush out to see something bad. When a fight happens, when something, a car accident, everybody wants to stop and look. You know, we're not used to seeing something positive, something great happen. But all these people rushed out to see what was going on. I love how in verse 7 he couldn't contain himself. And if you look back, I mean, it just couldn't say Peter took him by the hand to help him up. I mean, the guy's jumping and praising God. And you read, it says, he's still on his feet, then walking and leaping, praising God, walking in the temple. But in verse 7, I think it was a CSB version, like the guy's jumping up and praising God. We've all been there, or a lot of us have. Your life gets turned around, you're giving praise, and then it hits you, and you just fall to your knees. And you can't believe it. can't have, like... I mean, can you, the guy's shock. I mean, the guy was probably in shock and awe of what happened. And I love how Peter had to pick him back up off the ground. So this brought me to a question. Justin, do we have this, uh, this one? There we go. Thank you. Do we lack faith, not only that he will support us, but he will change our situation? Are our expectations too low? It speaks to me, maybe not you, but it speaks to me sometimes. God, I'm not worthy enough to come to you right now. I haven't let go of this anger. I don't want to let go of this anger. I can't come to you with that. I can't come to you and tell you, you know what, God, I don't want to let go of it. Where does that come from? The evil one. God says, bring it all to me, no matter how you feel. 
Bring everything to me. You know what, you, Nathan, you don't want to forgive? Fine. Bring it to me anyways. Show up at my feet with those thoughts, with those feelings anyways. Let us talk about it. All right, what was the purpose of this man being healed? It was to further the gospel. The power of Jesus would not have been shown by giving money. Now, there's times where, where people need money, and that is, that's something that does happen, and that the power of God is shown through that. But what we're about to see in verses 12 and following, had they just given money, flipped a coin, and moved on, the power of Christ would not have been shown. They had, the apostles needed credibility. So Jesus wanted to heal this man to further the kingdom of God, to show the gospel. It was about to take, it was, this healing was about what was to take place next. All right, preaching in Solomon's colonnade. So in Acts 2, when Peter preaches, it was outside. Now he's walking into the temple. Now he's walking inside. Now he's walking, he's going to be around people that don't really want him there. They don't want followers of Jesus there. Verse 12, Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. Like I said, I read out of CSB a lot, but this verse alone right here is why I switched NLT, for this to NLT. Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. Now, not to get into too many, de- there's a part of my brain that wonders, okay, he had the confidence to tell this man to get up and walk. You know, now it's like, okay, that happened. Spirit keeps propping him. Jesus is filling him. Okay, now I got the confidence to go share about Jesus, what needs to be shared, no matter the outcome of this. Because as we see at the beginning of chapter 4, they get put in jail at the end of this. But he saw his opportunity. They were ready. They were prompted by the Spirit. They were following what they were supposed to do. They were asking for wisdom. They were ready for their opportunity to share the gospel. People of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all of our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant, Jesus, by doing this. So there's a few words, a few phrases I want you to pay attention to as we go through this, and, and I'll share them with you who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. This is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate, despite Pilate's decision to release him. You rejected this holy, righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life, author of life, but God raised him from the dead, and we are witnesses of this fact. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. So as they seized the moment, Peter was ready, John was ready. And as I mentioned before, Peter's past, Peter's darkness did not hold him back. And any people that know what the Enneagram is, 
I'm not going to share it if y'all don't know what it is. I, my point will miss completely. I'll share it anyways. Peter's an eight. Anybody argue that that does know it? At least I think I think an eight is Peter. I mean, like Peter's face is probably by the he's the picture of it. They don't like bullies. They stand up for what's right. They're hot-headed. They're kind of jerks sometimes. They know how to get after it, but they're going to stick up for what's right. But they also feel like everything has to be in line for them to be able to share past experiences because they don't want to be uh, there's shame, there's embarrassment, and they don't want that out there. This is the power of Jesus. It didn't hold Peter back. And that's what I love about it. Also, this, as he addresses this crowd, something that I saw in this, this wasn't a time for testimony. This man was just healed who was over 40 years old and had not been able to walk. All oh, had been brought to this gate all these times. What an amazing story. What an awesome thing that he'll be able to go share and tell people about his faith in Jesus that healed him. But it wasn't time for that. It was time for the gospel to be shared. Faith in Jesus' name. Now, a few things I'm going to go back to real quick and cover. Peter was very precise in his wording. Because he's talking to these, these Jewish leaders that rejected Christ. And he calls Jesus, he says, to his servant Jesus. And then in 14, he says, you, re you rejected this holy, righteous one. He just called Jesus God. The author of life. God. That's a big deal. And Peter's in a crowd. They don't like what he's saying. And this is stuff that I miss so many times that, you know, you just read like, oh, holy, right. We, yeah, I know Jesus is the holy and righteous one. Those people didn't believe that. He was almost blasphemous in that in calling Jesus the holy, righteous one. He was calling him God. But in verses 16, I just love faith in Jesus' name. I've learned a lot from my dad. But if there's one thing that will always stick, it will be just call on the name of Jesus. Just call on the name of Jesus and evil will flee. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Moving on, 17 through 26. Repentance. Mm. Verse 17. So we look at before, Peter kind of comes at him pretty hard. You killed the author of life. You rejected the Holy One. You put him on the cross. But then in verse 17, Friends, I realize that what you and your leaders did to Jesus was done in ignorance. Mm. Doesn't make it right. But he's acknowledging that they were ignorant about it. And how many times as us as believers have been ignorant? But God was fulfilling what all the prophets had foretold about the Messiah, that he must suffer these things. Verse 19. Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. And repent, is that's what that means, turn to God, turn around. And something I read in some notes was that back, the ink back then could be wiped off what they wrote it on. Almost like you just wipe it right off. 
where the ink we have, it sticks in there pretty good and you're not getting rid of it, you know. But so that's a, that's a verse, that's a reference that made sense in those times. It could be wiped away. We understand a little more, but understand the context of it. Verse 20, then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord, and he will again send you, Jesus, your appointed Messiah. For he must remain in heaven until the time for the final restoration of all things, as God promised long ago through his holy prophets. Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for, for you a prophet like me from among your own people. Listen carefully to everything he tells you. Gosh, they were told that he was coming. And a lot of them missed it. How many times in your own life have you missed what he told you? I'm 36 and it's happened a lot already. But thank goodness he's gracious and merciful. He was right there in front of them and they missed it. And a lot of them are still missing it. They're still missing that the Messiah was sent. In end of twenty two, and this this could this could preach itself. Listen carefully to everything he tells you. Then Moses said, Anyone who will not listen to that prophet will be completely cut off from God's people. Starting with Samuel, every prophet spoke about what is happening today. You are the children of those prophets. And you were included in the covenant God promised to your ancestors. For God said to Abraham, through your descendants, all the families on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, Jesus, he sent, them, he sent him first to you people of Israel to bless you by turning each of you back from your sinful ways. As I mentioned earlier, there's, there's 10 plus scriptures in Acts alone about repentance, about turning away about turning to God for the non-believers we've all been there too turn from our sins look at God put our faith in him for the believers we still have to repent too so this, this isn't a one time a one time deal as believers I know I'm not the only one that consciously makes bad choices and I know that I'm making a bad choice, and I do it anyways. Satan tries to tell me that I'm by myself in that. <laughs> no. I have to repent from that. Then I have to change and turn to him and let him guide me all the way through. Worship team, if you will, please come. So number one, the apostles needed credibility for, for the mission to carry on, and this is something I talked about with Justin last night, is, in, is, is my walk with, with Christ, he, this is how my brain works too, that Jesus ascended to heaven, yes, it's about Jesus, but Jesus ascended to heaven, now it's, now it's the Holy Spirit, now, no, this, Jesus went to heaven, but it's still about him, and he's still the one that's making all this happen. He's given the power to the apostles to carry this on. Number two, seize the moment. Are you ready? Are you ready when the time comes to share the gospel of Jesus? Are you seeking the Lord? Are you asking for wisdom and discernment? So when that opportunity comes, 
that you're ready. If you're like me, you probably worry about it and you think you're going to freak out and not have the words. Well, if you're not walking with him daily and getting in the words, you're not going to be ready. Number three, repent. For us believers, what's holding us back? What are we hanging on to? What do we need to repent from? I know what mine is. Mine's fear, mine's anger, and bitterness. For you non-believers, what's holding you back from, from following Jesus? He is the way, the truth, and the life. It's the last thing I'm going to leave you with. If there's any, if you missed any of this, here's what I want you to here's what I want you to get, because what we just read through was the gospel. Number one, Jesus was handed over and rejected before Pilate. The holy righteous one was rejected. The author of life was killed. But he was raised from the dead because death could not hold him. Through faith in the name of Jesus, we are saved. We are healed. We were crippled. We were lame. Or maybe we are. Maybe, maybe you are crippled and lame. But you can find healing through faith in Jesus. Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. I'm going to be honest with you. You make this decision. doesn't mean things are just going to snap and everything's sunshine and rainbows and unicorns. Things are still hard. Bad things still happen because Satan has domain over this earth. But there will be a new earth one day, and I will be there. Please join me. Quit holding back. There's so much out there. Uh, if you believe in Jesus, you're going to get... You're going to be blessed money-wise. You're going to be blessed with your marriage. You're going to be It ain't always that way. But he gives you a way. And he teaches you how to have a walking relationship with him. If you're ready to walk a new life, come do it. Don't wait. Don't hold back. Coach and Tom will be up here. I'll be in the back. Justin's in the back. If you want prayer, heck, if you want to come, and, and I'm, I should not be this way, if you want to come lay your head on this stage, this altar, and pray, there's no judgment here. A lot of us have a lot of bad stuff in our life, and we're here because it's a family, and a lot of us know our bad. So if you're visiting or something's telling you to hold back, forget that. Let the Spirit move you. The Spirit's going to try to push you up on your feet. Let it happen. I've sat back there in that back when I've wanted to walk down here and put my head down, and I didn't do it. And that's wrong of me because the Spirit was pushing me, and I was worried about what you people would think. And the bottom line is it really don't matter because he told me to come put my head down here. So listen to him, and I promise you what's going to happen is you're going to walk down here, and we're going to join you, and we're going to put our hands on it, and we're going to pray. Because we love you, and because of Jesus, through faith in Jesus. Jesus, thank you. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Freedom Fellowship audio podcast. We are located at 990 West Henry de Tonti Boulevard in Tontytown, Arkansas. You can check us out on the web at freedomfellowship.com or you can find us on social media by searching Freedom Fellowship NWA. 
We hope you have a great week and that you live out the mission of the church, which is to love God, love others, and serve both.